Hey, welcome back to E-Crime Bites, Season 2, Episode 6. This is our favorite rapper, Big Rig Baby. His company, which is Weedgenics, ends up being a Ponzi scheme. Through the first four acts, we talked about Big Rig Baby, his partner, Max Bergman, their company, INR, who owns this company called Weedgenics, went out there, got millions of dollars from investors, had all sorts of evidence that they were a real company ends up grow facilities weren't they didn't exist they weren't real so all this money was just part of a ponzi scheme and what we saw was kind of some desperation at the end of this ponzi scheme where they couldn't continue the scheme in the same fashion and they said hey we're gonna restructure your investments into this weird equity ownership and if you want your original money back it's gonna take you a long damn time and now we're going to talk about how the pyramid crumbles, which is going through pretty much where they spent their money during these time periods. Now, I segmented the two time periods on purpose. There was the normal scheme up until fall of 2022, where it was just investors investing and supposedly getting their interest payments back. And then it's kind of where they go butt crazy that fall because I think they ran out of money and they changed how the investments work and they start spending money on other things and it just made a nice little dividing line. So we're going to give you those two eras and then we'll talk real quick about the total numbers at the end. So the first one I'm going to give you is through October 2022. So this is the lion's share of all their investment right before they started really running out of money. So Williams, and you go, who's Williams? Because we don't talk about his last name. We talk about Big Rig Baby. He received approximately 7.9 million investor funds up through this point. Where did he spend it? Well, 625,000 of it was spent. And then I think that's probably that big, you know, that semi chain that we were looking at. Adult entertainment and personal expenses, $625,000. And I was like, that sounds kind of low. I wonder if his music career is in there. $18,000 was on his music career. And that's why at the beginning I said, holy shit, this motherfucker should have spent more on his rap career because his rap's really bad. And out of $8 million, almost $8 million, he only spent $18,000 on his music career, at least up until October of 2022. Now, what did that consist of? That consisted of payments to producers, DJs, and iHeartMedia. And then approximately $1.9 million was transferred to cash and they have no idea where that went. Just so we're clear, that means he spent half a million dollars, well, 625 on stuff that was corporately identified as jewelry. So he did that clearly through INR. The 2 million bucks that he pocketed could have been for a house, could have been for a car, that Corvette maybe, whatever, uh, clearly all personal to him. So. Don't worry, he took care of himself pretty good on that. I would say probably not spent on his rap career, though, just based upon the videos. Clearly not. Right, clearly not. Hirschman. Hirschman made more. He received $15.6 million, and he spent four point eight on residential real estate. So like a home, not a business. And, and related expenses. So like renovations, utilities, landscaping, all that stuff costs money. 
2.4 million was spent on luxury cars and i couldn't find out what luxury cars he bought seth but that's a lot of goddamn money on cars he took 3.2 million of investor funds and made credit card payments that must be some expensive ass credit cards and then for him he kind of he was low on the cash side he was only nine hundred and thirteen thousand dollars worth of cash that was unaccounted for. Now Delgado, which was one of those relief defendants that we didn't spend much time on, it was one of the entities that helped them um, transfer money around that big blob of entities that I showed you. He made 5.2 million. And then 2.2 million of that 5 million was withdrawn in cash. The other individual, Campbell, which helped them again, facilitate these funds 1.18 in investor funds and they just said personal expenses and cash cash withdrawals now during this time they're trying to make their company look like it's a real company so they're paying back some investors so from june of 2019 through october of 2022 inr spent approximately 10 million on of those funds paying back other investors to make it look like they're being paid back so that's that's the whole premise of a Ponzi scheme. There's another distribution of about 1.6 million for um, another company that Big Rig Baby owned that also fake paid back investors. I guess they paid back for real, but it wasn't from actual investments. It was from other investors' money. So now, like we said, Bovee, it didn't say what she spent it on, but she made $715,000 from that scheme up until October of 2022. Now, there's a huge shift at this point. This is the shift where I think they start running out of money. And this is where those other relief defendants that I kind of breezed over their names, Campbell and so forth, that's where these individuals play a role in this whole scheme. It was hard for me to try to do everything chronologically and introduce it in order. So this is one of those things a little bit out of order for you. All right, so let's move to November 2022, right? This is like right after they, um, I guess, had sent all the documentation uh, and such to their investors and change the, the terms of the agreements. INR raises money through a different account. So now a new account associated with a company called INRCA, Investment Holdings LLC, controlled by a guy named Eric Francom, some guy named from, from Texas, age 40, began to receive investor funds. So for about six months from November 22 to April 23, he received over $21 million across 110 investors. They were really good at raising money. I mean, you got to tip your hat to them. So from this, really 15 good. million went to INR's primary account, and then 6 million on change went to this, um, you know, INR Consulting and Mr. Campbell. So what was that money used for since October of 2022? Of that $21.2 million, we have RD Francom's INRCA, that's that other business we just mentioned, sent over 15 million. The primary Williams, big rig baby, controlled INR bank account and over 6 million to the RD INR Consulting and Campbell. Williams, big rig baby, and RDWCW, uh, again, received millions of dollars, much of which was passed through to Hirschman and other RDs. 
and approximately 3.7 million, which was directed directly to Big Rig Baby's personal account. So this is clearly when they were like, oh shit, we're short money. Let's raise some more money in a different version of our business. We'll funnel it right back to where it was. Yeah, and when Seth says RD, that stands for Relief Defendant. Relief That's Defendants, yes. Strange defendants that I tried to explain to you a couple times earlier. Yep. And it's it's that when you say RD, the WCD, that's just a company that Big Rig Baby owns. He owns a lot of companies. So let's continue on. What about Hirschman? So him and his entities, he and his entities received about 7.2 million of which approximately of this new money, uh, of which approximately 1.4 was spent on, guess for it, luxury automobiles, another 1.3 on credit cards and about 640 on real estate and related expenses. So he must have been like a luxury car, credit card spewing, uh, real estate magnate out there in Vegas or wherever the hell he was. Uh, Idaho, I don't remember. Um, Relief defendant Delgado and his entities got about $2 million, again, almost all on personal expenses. And relief defendant INR uh, Consulting, that's the company that Campbell was a part of, he received about 8 million bucks, of which about 537,000 was transferred to Campbell's personal bank account or withdrawn in cash. And a nearly a million was transferred to third parties for unknown purposes. I guess you got to pay people down. And starting in February 2023, 384,000 was used to form another company called Relief Defendant Hidden Springs. Thank you. Okay, so we know that INR and Relief Defendant WCW also use investor money, mostly consisting of money from the California INR company. That's that new wing that they started to generate more funds, the different funds, uh, at least 1.6 million in payments to the investors. So they were keeping investors kind of, you know, tasted here. The IN, moreover, INR sent back about 386,000 back to the INR California entity, which then made payments to INR investors who invested directly through INRCA. So you had a lot of this in terms of people getting paid back through the two different companies there, INR and INRCA. So similarly, you had the INR consulting Campbell sent about a million dollars back through INRCA. So now you're really starting to see the Ponzi part of this kicking in. You're having a new set of money come in and everybody's kind of paying in within the INR suite of companies. They're all paying each other back kind of like a shielding where the investment money is coming from to basically pay other investors back. So we have the totals again, and this is, we talked about this earlier, but I'm gonna give you the real quick rundown. If we take the total from those two time periods and add them together, we have defendant Big Rig Baby. He's sitting at about $19.2 million. We have defendant Max Bergman, $22.9 million. We have defendant Delgado at $7.2 million. We have defendant Campbell at $9.1 million. And Campbell was the one that helped him with that second scheme and that shift. Yep. And then we have Alexandria Bouvier with her $715,000. And then again, $16.1 million of that went back to investors. So... I guess that's their expenses in their in their Ponzi scheme. That's the expense category when they when they file their taxes on that Ponzi scheme. Right. So May of 
May 19th, it's one of my best friend's birthday, uh, of 2023, a temporary restraining order is filed. So temporary restraining order or a TRO freezes all assets of a shell company. Here, well, of a company here, uh, it froze all assets of the shell companies here, INR, and the individuals personally. So they couldn't use INR and its entities as a bank anymore. Um, a receiver was appointed, which basically means the government um, appoints somebody, usually from a law firm, to say, hey, you're in charge of the money now because these guys can't <laughs> anymore. Yeah, so that's basically that's... What, what a receiver is. So this oh. is where the case ends. Yeah, I mean, this is, we, we have the temporary restraining order and now we have a receiver that's getting in there, looking at all the finances, figuring out who the investors are, trying to figure out where the money is, seeing who they can pay back and all that kind of stuff. This is not criminal. Everything we've talked about, this is not a prosecution that we've discussed yet. This is Let's all put a civil. hard yet on all of that. They're going to be named yet. in both a criminal and a civil case. I guarantee it. I th Yeah, and I think it's not going to take long. I think the SEC is going to do their job, probably bring out a lot of evidence, and then the DOJ is going to be able to use a lot of evidence in some kind of criminal trial. Well, they have them. to be. People were defrauded for tens of millions of dollars. This was not a small amount of money. Um, and it also involves the government has significant interest in the regulation and the sale of marijuana. So they're definitely going to be interested in this. Plus, they did register with the SEC, which was a big mistake by them. Yeah. Some other thoughts I had. So that criminal thing being was, I thought about that throughout was, wow, we're not even seeing the criminal part yet. And this is already really incredibly juicy. And I think once the criminal portion happens, we do an update and we, if we see new evidence, we make an update to it and we follow it because how would you not follow someone called big rig baby? And so some other final thoughts I had about this is grown ass men wear fanny packs. So when I saw a fanny pack, I was like, listen, I don't have fashion sense, but I know that's probably not good wearing a fanny pack in front of people. And also we found that big rig baby, his music sucks. I I was hoping that I could be like, hey, you really need to go check this guy out. His, his business sense sucks, but his music's great. No, no, his music sense is just as bad as It his might be fair sense. to say that his music sucks because if it didn't suck, he could hopefully make a living from that. Instead, he made a living through fraud on marijuana. So maybe that is a factual statement. <laughs> and so the last thing I want to point out is here, like almost all of our cases, fraud happens typically when there's some level of trust. And here it was trust and faked data. And if, if you don't get anything else, if you don't even laugh at any of our jokes, or if you don't care about our anything else, just know, don't always trust stuff, verify it too. It's okay to trust something, but just verify it too. And I think in this case, I think you had some investors that tried to verify it. I think they went out there and they tried to go to a site that they thought was probably a grow facility. And they were like, Hey, this Max Birdman guy, he knows what he's talking about. I'm going to put some money into this. I think that actually happened in this case. Well, um, for sure. But in, I, yeah, it, I was gonna say in general, though, if you take nothing else away, do verify, don't just trust because that's typically how victims become victims. in almost all these cases that we've talked about is where they don't do that step here. They actually did. You have any final thoughts, Seth? 
A couple. I mean, the SEC actions are civil, not criminal. I strongly suspect the SEC is going to refer their findings to the DOJ. I also suspect that the IRS will get involved. I'm pretty sure that uh, from a tax perspective, everybody wasn't on the up and up here. The investors are probably going to collectively file suit. The receiver will only be able to pay back a portion of what's there. And then whatever they don't get back, they're going to probably file suit criminally and civilly. So this is not going away anytime soon, in my opinion. In terms of, uh, I guess, other final thoughts, I know that a lot of people are trying and have been trying and successfully making quite a bit of money on the relative legalization of marijuana across places. I mean, shoot, I have a friend uh, who asked me to invest in a marijuana dispensary. I didn't really have any money to invest, but it is a big business for sure. So I'm not shocked that people who have real money, I mean, there were what? There was a lot of money raised here, tens and tens of millions of dollars. So to their credit, and I said this earlier, they were really good at raising money, but I also feel like there's a market for people who want to invest in kind of a, I don't want to say get rich quick, but you would think that given the current state of things, marijuana is probably a pretty good thing to invest in. I mean, you go to any grocery store or any um, whole food store, there's so many CBD, THC products now, let alone the actual marijuana stores. It is big business now. Why wouldn't you want to invest in that, right? So uh, it, it's just sad that so many people were separated from their money so aggressively here. So I'm very curious to keep track of where this goes. Yeah, definitely. All right. So how do you reach us now? Don't turn off the video at this point. I've got a preview of next week. So just stick with me. How do you reach us? You go to our website, you go to eCrimeBytes, which is spelled E-C-R-I-M-E-B-Y as in yellow milk, T-E-S.com. And across the top, you've got all our social media accounts and you can go visit us on any of them. We've got our glossary up there we've got our newsletter up there now whatever you're watching or listening to us on please subscribe and like if you liked anything in any of these acts that helps us out and specifically for audio only listeners anybody on apple Podcasts, if you could give us a five-star review and it uh, unimportant what you say in there i mean we will read it but you could just say hey I like the podcast and that just helps us move up the charts and we really appreciate it because Half of our audio-only listeners actually come from Apple Podcasts, so we could use the help there. And so with that, let me pop something up on the screen for you. We've got next week, we've got a criminal, and even though we're going to talk about this criminal, we're actually talking about his brother who ends up stealing $5 million worth of Bitcoin back from law enforcement. And you're going... Oh, how do I wrap my head around that? Yes, law enforcement seized a lot of Bitcoin from person A. And that person A's brother, who is person B, stole some of it back from law enforcement. And the picture that you have, if you're watching this on video, you see a bunch of Bitcoin and money around. But you see this individual sitting in something with a bunch of money, like physical money, on top of him. That's a picture of him in a bathtub at a nightclub full of about $100,000 worth of cash that he had cashed out. So you don't see the rest there, but there's a lot of scantily clad women all around him. I think it might even be at a strip club. And that's how he spends his money that he stole back from the law enforcement in this case. And it's an absolutely amazing case. Hey, and so with that... Next week, we're going to bring this criminal's brother swipes $5 million worth of Bitcoin back from law enforcement to you. We hope to see you there. So stay safe and we'll see you then. Thanks.